Welcome to the Strategic Families Podcast, where we challenge families to be rooted in God's Word, energized with gospel-centered purpose, and activated on mission for His kingdom. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Strategic Families Podcast. It's great to be with you guys again. Today, I have a very special guest. The most special guest I could have on this show is my wife, Katie Clark. She's here and she's going to share a great perspective as we head into the holidays. And it is awesome stuff. You're really going to be blessed by it. But first, we wanted to take some time to just introduce ourselves to you guys and let you know a little bit about our family. Don't worry, we're not going to go on and on, but we thought it would be good for you to know who we are and where we live and all that good stuff. So this is Graham Clark, and you've been listening a lot to me through all these interviews, and I'm so glad you've been with us along the way. Um, it's really been a blessing to hear from so many awesome people that we've interviewed. And so today we're going to do something a little bit different, and I hope it'll be a blessing for you as well. First, though, I wanted to introduce you to my wife, Katie, and she's going to tell you a little bit about our family. Thanks. It's great to be here. We live in Charlotte, and we've been married 14 years, and we have four kids. We have a son who's 12 and three daughters who are 10, 8, and 4. And um, I have the privilege of getting to homeschool the kids, and I just I love getting to be home with them regularly and seeing all the light bulbs going on and getting to share in those special moments. One of the things I wanted to just say, because I haven't been on this yet, is just how excited we are about this podcast, largely because as we've gone through this parenting journey, we obviously have not had everything figured out and have needed quite a lot of assistance and advice and counsel over the years. And we have been so blessed to have so many mentors, and some of them have been on the show and will continue to be, but to give us great wisdom. And I've watched Graham over these years, each time we're sitting on the couch and there's a couple over with us and we're kind of wrestling through something. And he always just would ask the best questions and would really draw out of people some great things. And so I've been excited to have Graham kind of give us a window into that mentoring over this podcast so that we can all as a community grow together. Um, That's been a big heart of ours. We find it is hard to fight for family life and for really walking with the Lord as Christian parents, as Christian families. And so our heart is to build a community that that works together and does this together and really learns from those who have gone before us. So I'm really excited about that. Yes, and mentors, like Katie said, have been such a huge part of our lives. And we're actually going to do a whole episode about having a mentor couple in your life. If that's not something that you've had in the past, man, could not encourage you more strongly to do that. And so we'll get into that in great detail later. But one thing I do want to circle back on with my wife, I know I'm biased, but she is a champion homeschool mom. And we're now in our fourth year of homeschooling and uh, she just rocks it, which is such a blessing for our family. So, all right, I will not go on and on about that. Uh, But I do always feel the need to help the kids see that while she doesn't get a separate paycheck, she works really hard in our home to educate our kids. And that's just been such a blessing. So a little more about me, in case you're wondering, hosting this podcast is not my day job. I'm actually a safety professional at an amazing construction company called FHG here in Charlotte, and they have been so gracious and supportive of this podcast. So that has been a huge blessing also. Okay, so for the next couple of months, 
we're going to do something a little bit different from what we've been doing in the past, as I mentioned. And, you know, if you've been listening, we've been interviewing lots of really awesome people, godly men and women who have run the race of parenting faithfully. And we've had the privilege of sitting at their feet and learning from them. And then we've also had some parents on who are right in the middle of it, just like we are with kids in the home and trying to figure it out uh, with all the craziness around us and trying to be intentional and purposeful. So we've been doing a lot of interviews and over the next couple of months, we're going to switch gears. And uh, today we're going to run through a preview of what that'll entail from week to week. And really, in essence, what we're going to try to help you do is infuse the holidays with purpose and then also, you know, help reset things as we move into the new year. I think we all can admit that sometimes each year we need to sort of hit the reset button. So we're going to talk about what that looks like. And we've got a bunch of tools and ideas that we'd like to share uh, with you that have meant a lot to our family and, and encourage you to uh, take some small steps that could really change your family's trajectory. So before we get into all that, though, I want Katie to share some of her thoughts about heading into the holidays with energy and purpose. And Katie, I know that as your husband, I know this can be a struggle for you. And I imagine really it is for all moms right now. I think everybody is feeling the craziness to a certain degree. But this is a great opportunity. It's uh, mid-November now. We've got, you know, four or five weeks sprint here until Christmas, um, but really it doesn't have to be a sprint. It doesn't have to be crazy. So Katie, could you share with everyone some of the things you've been thinking through for our family and then how you'd like to encourage other families? Sure. He's uh, being very kind and generous, but truthfully, I feel like this is kind of a in the trenches moment for me. I've been feeling like I've been running on empty for a few weeks now. And so the idea of running into the holidays is daunting. And I, you know, I've talked with a few friends and it just sounds like this is a very common feeling, which is why we wanted to talk about it and be open about it. Um, I don't know if it is the post COVID, like everybody put everything back into their schedules and it's just been overwhelming, or if this is just the annual, everybody's tired and we're trying to do the holidays. And so I wanted to take well, actually, Graham really encouraged me to take some time back and say, you know, what are we going to do differently? How can we change this trajectory before, you know, the Christmas season just overruns us and we get to the end and have regret and we are exhausted and we are overwhelmed and then we're trying to slide into a new year. And we just said, you know, we don't we don't want to do that. And I bet none of you do either. And so um, as I was reflecting back over the years of what has the Lord done in my life in the past to help me when I get into these points of high stress and high intensity. And there were three things that have kind of come to mind for me. And they are three R's in honor of my mom. She loves alliteration. So they are remember, rest, and rejuvenate. And I just want to unpack these a little bit. So the first one, remember, before we hit Christmas, there's Thanksgiving. And one of my mentors, Ruth, a long time ago had said to me, you know, Christians miss Thanksgiving. We kind of, we skip over it and we rush through it and we forget that that cultivation of a grateful heart is really important. And the best way to do that is to remember who the Lord is, to remember how he's worked, to remember his faithfulness to us. And that just renews our perspective. It helps us to regroup, remember what's really important, approach our day differently. And I was looking back through the scriptures, even just this morning, and I found in First Chronicles 16, a passage that was really encouraging to me. And David is a relatively new king at this point, and he's trying to regroup the nation. And he comes 
together with them to bless the nation, but also he leads them in this really cool time of worship. And so I'll read a few verses here, starting at verse eight. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength, seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he has uttered. And he goes on and he talks about all these amazing things, tons of character qualities in the Lord. He talks about God's justice, his promises, and his faithfulness to his covenant. He talks about the inheritance that he set out for the Israelites and his faithfulness to bring that to bear. He talks about his protection of his people, his salvation, his glory, his marvelous works, his creation and supremacy over all of it, his splendor and majesty, his strength, his joy, his holiness, his goodness, his love. And in all of that, there's just this moment of reset for the nation. He's leading them into worship and reminding them of who God is and that all will be well. He can walk us through it. And so, you know, we're, we're challenged in Philippians 4.4. 4. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And we can miss that this is a command. This is really important. And sometimes it takes a lot of work to get there. And I think it is just really important for us, for myself, going through this month, to really take the time to thank the Lord, to have a truly grateful heart towards Him. And not just for the, you know, material abundance. We have a lot of that in America, but really thinking about what are those spiritual blessings? Where has God been faithful? How has He answered my prayers this year? How has He answered my kids' prayers this year? How has He followed through on His promises for us? And, you know, really thanking Him for the hard things, thanking Him for the hard circumstances we've gone through or the hard relationships we may have had or things like that too, because God works through all of that. And so just thinking about how do we do that with our kids? You know, we want to share those things with them. We need to model that and share where we see God at work and how he's been you know, faithful to us. But we also want to make it a common question around the table. What are you thankful for today? What are you thankful for this week? Maybe give the kids grateful journals. I love these, um, you know, just gets a good reset, gets us to have a pattern of thanking the Lord, but it's also really great when the kids have kind of gotten off course, or or us, obviously, and we get it self-absorbed, and we just need to be reminded of what we really are thankful for in the bigger picture. One of my favorite memories from Thanksgiving was actually just from a few years ago. My parents had the insight and um, just kind of led us in advance and said, you know, we want you to come this year and share a way that God has been at work in your life. Well, we're just saying the adults, all of the kids, all the way down, each were going to share a way that they'd seen God at work. And each of us had a stone that we put out into a pile and we talked about it. And we sat, had this concentrated time after dinner where everyone went around and shared. And it was so beautiful to hear, you know, over 20 different ways that God had been at work in our lives. And it was really, really neat. So just want to encourage us before we dive into Christmas, let's first remember and be grateful. The second thing is to rest. I think this is something that is often lost. And when I think about what God really wanted when he would lead his people into celebrations and all the festivals and things like that, I cannot imagine that what he wanted was for us to walk out overwhelmed, exhausted, just bedraggled and going back to our lives. He wanted it to be a time that was restful and rejuvenating and good. And so my encouragement for us here is Let's not neglect our Sabbath rest, those rhythms in the week. Let's not 
overrun that time that we need to truly rest, to truly sleep, to truly connect with the Lord. Every day, we need to start our day with the Lord in the Word and praying and asking for His Spirit to guide us. So let's be really, really diligent and particularly disciplined during this time of year to not let that go. Um, I'm reminded in John 15, 4, he says, Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And I know our heart's desire is to lead our children to Jesus. Our heart's desire is to be a light in our community throughout this Christmas season. That's what we want, but we can't bear the fruit if we're not rested and rejuvenated in the Lord. So we do need to be disciplined to sit, to wait, to listen, to let Him lead us and be yielded to His leading and not have crammed our schedules so full of all the things that need to get done that we miss it. Let's just really reflect on these qualities of who God is. Let's celebrate Jesus and make the rest portion a big priority as you're building out your calendar this Christmas. And one thing I wanted to add to that about rest that I think is so impactful. Some of you may know the author Andy Crouch. A few years ago, I read one of his books. It's called The TechWise Family, Putting Technology in Its Proper Place. And one of the things that he talks about in that book is the difference between leisure and rest. And we often get those confused. And he says that leisure is when you're relying on someone else to do the work. So, you know, watching a football game, someone else has to play football for you to watch a game. Or you go to a resort, someone else has to serve you, you know, something like that. Leisure is fine in certain contexts, but it's not the same as rest. And so he really encourages us to get true rest. And I think we all know what that feels like when we get it, even if we don't give it to ourselves very much. But along with Katie's point, I would just say, let's rest. Let's sit and be with the Lord. Uh, Maybe take a walk. I mean, a walk can be a great form of rest. Hear from him. Be still and know that he is God. So That's really what we mean by rest. And our prayer for you and for us is that we would really, truly be able to rest during the season. And it is possible. Don't let the world tell you it's not possible. It is possible. We can do it if we commit ourselves to him. Yeah. And so this last point is also going to be hard for us to really accept it's possible. But I really do think that we could walk through this Advent season and feel rejuvenated instead of exhausted. And you know, I think about Christmas is the the Christian holiday. This is our big chance to shine, right? But we're not going to shine if we don't bear fruit. And when we think about, you know, as Christians, we're ambassadors of Christ. And so the only way to go forward here is to be like him, to be walking in his image and be like he is to others. And so when we are preparing for this, we want to think about more of a to-be list than a to-do list. And this is really going to take some discipline. I know for me especially, but to prioritize and to let the to-be list trump the to-do list. If we want our children to celebrate Jesus well, we have to have a heart that is yielded and loving towards Jesus. You know, I think back about the years that we've loved and they are the quiet Advent seasons, the years where we didn't have something every night and we had lots of evenings where we we're reading stories around the fire and Graham would get his guitar out and we'd worship together and sing Christmas carols together and just have these sweet moments that were not rushed and that were not dictated by what everybody else wants us to do with our time. And so 
you know, think about what is going to nourish your soul, what's going to nourish the souls of your family and those that you're around. And I think a lot of times we can fall into the trap of thinking that we should indulge a lot during this time. And I would just challenge all of us to say, you know what, let's not indulge. Let's lay our lives down for others. That's really what nourishes the soul. Jesus tells us that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And if we really want to experience true rejuvenation, we need to be giving. Jesus tells us in Matthew 25 that whatever we do for others, when when we meet the need of someone else, we're doing it for him. That's what's loving towards him. That celebrates his coming and his birth and his life. And so we want to really look for those opportunities where we can strategically nourish the souls of all those around us. So as you look at your calendar, really evaluate, discuss with your spouse in advance, how many things are you willing to put on the calendar and then be so strategic as you decide yes or no. Is this something that is a really good use? Is this worshipful to our Lord? Is this time that is going to really encourage the celebration of Christmas, or is this just a filler that we feel obligated to do? And hopefully, as we go through some of these different things over the next couple months, we will be able to all fill our calendars with things that bring joy and peace and great celebration of our Lord. You guys see why I married her? That's a rhetorical question. Um, (laughs) No, awesome, awesome stuff. Thank you so much. And, you know, I think about, you know, we titled this podcast Strategic Families for a reason. We want all of our families uh, to be strategic, and this is a great opportunity for us to be strategic. And that doesn't mean everything needs to be planned out, but man, isn't that worth pondering? Isn't that worth considering that, you know, how are we going to spend these next few weeks around Christmas? We do not, as Katie said at the end of this, to think, wow, that was exhausting. And yeah, we got a lot of stuff, but you know, we'll try again next year. No, we want to celebrate our Lord. Think about what he has done for us. Just think about that. As Katie reminded us, let's remember Christmas is the story of God rescuing his people. Christmas is a rescue mission. God sending Jesus, who was fully God, fully man, in the form of a baby, stepping into our darkness, in the awfulness of our world. He was telling us that he sees us, he knows us, he loves us, and He came to rescue us in the person of Jesus Christ. That is something worth celebrating, worth pondering, worth reflecting, and just making a big deal about. And if you think about how big a deal we make of things that are not worth making a big deal over, let's make a big deal about Jesus this year. We can do that. We can do that. So thank you so much, Katie. That is awesome. So with all of this in mind, we've been thinking on some things that we hope will be really meaningful for your family. So we wanted to give you a preview of the things that we're going to be covering over these next couple of months. Like any of our ideas, you may find some of them useful. Some of them uh, may be, you know, a little more challenging or maybe for another season, but we wanted to put them out there because they've been such a huge blessing to us and we think they'll be a huge blessing for you. So we're going to run through them now. So next week, I'm really excited. We're going to have an author on the show named Arnold Itriide. And this guy is such an amazing writer and his books for families have been a huge blessing for us. And so he's going to share about those books. And I just can't wait to have you guys hear from him. And I can't wait to learn from him as well. And we're going to recommend those books to you. So that's just a little teaser. We'll share more about that next week. 
And then the next week, we're going to prepare for St. Nicholas Day, which if you've never celebrated that, I'm telling you, it will be a very favorite tradition for your family. We love it. All the kids get super excited. It's a great way to reach out and encourage others that might be having a hard time, but also have a really meaningful time together as a family. Okay. And then the week after that, we're going to talk about Advent. This may be something that you've heard of or something that you've celebrated as a family before, but we have some ideas on things that you can do, even with small children, ways to be really intentional and reflect on Jesus besides just on Christmas Eve. So, you know, Advent is a way to celebrate both Jesus's first coming and to anticipate his second coming. So it's a really special holiday and we're going to get into some details of what that could look like for your family. And the week after that, we're going to talk about how Christmas can be a really great opportunity to connect with your neighbors and possibly meet new neighbors. It's a unique time of the year where you can really be a light, and we want to talk a lot about that and how we can open our homes and practice hospitality. And then following that, we're going to talk about this concept we call birthday presents for Jesus. So the idea is that you're doing something that honors the Lord. Each of your family could think of themselves as one of the magi who came to visit Jesus. What gift are you going to give him on this special day? How will you honor him? You know, we talk about getting all these gifts for each other, and that's fine, and and that's good. But this is a great opportunity for us to think about, what can we do for Jesus? This is his birthday. We want to give him something. Well, how do we give things to Jesus? Well, we do what pleases him. We do what honors him. So ideas like, you know, Samaritan's Purse, Compassion, they have ways to, uh, to bless others. It could be giving of time or talents or treasures, uh, could be being kind to others, loving others, serving others, ways in which we can honor our Lord on this special day. And then after Christmas, we want to take a few weeks to start thinking about a lot of times we've kind of slid into the new year and you just kind of feel maybe tired or needing to make some trajectory changes. And so we want to offer some tools and ways to do a little bit of evaluation, some questions you and your spouse can discuss, and then try to find some some baby steps that you can take moving forward. And then I'm really excited about the one we're gonna do following that. And it's about this idea that we're calling the family reset. So it's the idea of sort of hitting the reset button for your family, looking at all of your priorities and the things you have going on and just thinking, what are some things we need to take a step back on? I think we can all admit, or many of us at least can admit that we have sometimes taken on too much. And sometimes we just need to step back and we need to create some space for God to speak to us and allow him to work in our lives and allow him to enable us to hear him. And we want to pull out some things that are not necessary and maybe are clogging up our minds and making us less effective for the kingdom. So that reset It's going to be a challenge probably, but I think in the long run, it could be a huge blessing for your family. Yeah, we've found so much has come from those resets that we've done over the years. And so then the next week we're going to talk, especially as moms, I know one of the biggest needs for reset can be children's behavior. There just come these moments where everything has just gotten so chaotic and so out of whack. And so what we want to do there is just share a couple of systems that our family has used over the years that have really helped us to get reset on the behavior side of things and getting healthier patterns and really instilling in our kids to take personal responsibility, to contribute within the family rather than just take and to really reap those rewards as a family, all the good things that come from that when everyone's pitching in. All right. And then the week after that, we're going to talk about one of our favorite topics, 
through the years, and that is the idea of what we call a date night inventory. So this is a marriage-specific topic. I'm so excited to share this because it's been such a huge blessing for us. And here's the deal. What you do is you sit down and you have a guided discussion about where you are in your marriage. And every marriage needs this. It doesn't matter how healthy or strong you are. We need to look each other in the eye and say, hey, how's it going? How can we serve one another better? How can we love one another better? How are you feeling? And it just helps prevent so many problems. And for us, it has been an awesome communications tool. So we're really looking forward to sharing that with you guys. And then we are going to talk about mentors and just the joy that they bring into our lives and the things that they can offer. And what we've found is a lot of people are really open to having mentors and yet don't know where to start or how do you structure it and what does it look like. So we're going to share a little bit about how mentors have been really beneficial in our lives and what we have turned to them for. And then also just some really practical, simple steps to be able to get those relationships up and moving. And then lastly, we're going to close this whole mini series up with a bunch of ideas that will hopefully provide some inspiration on encouraging, fun, uh, and meaningful things within your family. We've got a bunch of them, but I'm just going to mention two of them now just as a teaser. But the first is what we call Clark Family Day. So obviously you can fill in the blank with your own family name, but this is an annual event where you have just your family and you do a bunch of fun and meaningful things together together. Wow, can't tell you how awesome that has been for us uh, over these last many years since our oldest was actually less than a year. So really looking forward to sharing that with you guys and helping you implement it. And then the second one is what we call family night. And this is something that we really try to have once a week. And it's only just a few hours and we play a game or, you know, watch something fun and spend some quality time together as a family. And so we're going to talk about those and we've got some other ideas as well. So that is a wrap on the preview of what we're going to cover over the next couple of months, but it really promises to be a meaningful time, and I really hope it'll provide value to you and your family. So, and then in February, we're going to get back to the format that we've been doing, interviewing folks who are, you know, either right there with us with kids in the home and doing it well, or those who have run the race of parenting faithfully and have so much wisdom to share with us. So lots to look forward to here on the Strategic Families podcast. If you haven't already, check us out on strategicfamilies.com. We would love to hear from you and hear how you're building the strategic family for the Lord and make sure to sign up for our email list. We'd love to send you some tips and some ideas and encourage you in this race. As a reminder, all the work that you do for your kids to be a strategic family for the kingdom is worth it. I know it's work, but it is worth it. You can do it. Let's do it together. All right. We'll see you next week.